Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping cleaning professionals make the impact that they were meant to make. Buffer your life and business. But first, let's turn to the funny papers. In the beginning of 2022, right before we made our first trip to Florida for a month, I had a lot of work to do, a lot of training. We had just onboarded six new buildings, and we were in the process of onboarding five new team members. It was crazy. It was nuts that month. One building in particular, there's a funny story that really emerged from, and I call it Ragdoll, and you'll see why in just a moment. So I'm training Pat. He was going to be a temporary substitute manager for me while I was gone. He's a good friend from church. He's in the Royal Rangers ministry with him. I'm very thankful for Pat. And so I'm at this building. I'm training Pat on how to do trash first. I'm going to show him how to do the bathrooms, the kitchen after that. And so Pat's collecting trash. He's taking it through the building. It's a large building, about 10,000 square feet with a warehouse attached to the back. Once the trash was all collected and bundled into a few bags, he would then walk out the back door through the warehouse and go out the back door of the warehouse to where the dumpsters are. While Pat was taking out the trash, I started hearing something. It was coming from somewhere in the building. Yes, I'm moving. Yes, I'm moving. Get ready for the big time. I'll get crazy on the moonshine. What the heck is, I recognize that song. Where, where's it coming from? Then Pat strolls back in the back door, starts walking toward me, whistling while he works. He's holding his phone. I said, Pat, what did you do? There's like music playing in the building. What, did, what button did you push? He had no idea what I was talking about. He's like, oh, I hear the music too. So he pulls out his phone and he starts tapping buttons on his phone and nothing works. And then he turns his phone off and the music is still playing right above his head. Pat stops, looks up as he hears, yes, I'm moving. I'm really moving. And Pat looks up and he's like, whoa, that's pretty cool. So now Pat and I are getting into the music, not really sure what's going on, bobbing our heads Yes, I'm moving, I'm really moving, I slow down fizzy, I do a diggy dizzy, give it all you got until you put it out your misery, ragdoll, living in a movie, and so on, I can't sing anymore, it's censored, <laughs> ragdoll, the song by Aerosmith is on somewhere in the building, and Pat's like, I didn't do it, I'm like, I didn't do it either, where is that music coming from, but we're both like, this is really cool, there's music on, and then I get a text. Beep, beep. Hey, Ken, do you like the music? Is it a good selection for you guys? This is Bernard from IT. Bernard is like big brother watching us from home. He's an IT guy, so he has the feed from the office coming into his house. And he's checking on things. Oh, look, there's Ken. He's training a new guy. Let's throw on some Aerosmith for them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We joked around, Pat and I. 
I also joked around with Bernard like, hey man, thanks so much. Uh, can you get to Metallica next time? Or he thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. And Pat's like, this is going to be the coolest building to work in ever. So it worked out. This is the lesson to anyone that's hearing this story. You think it's hilarious, right? I thought it was hilarious. Big brother, Bernard from IT, messaging me, hey, do you like the music selection I picked for you guys? But there is a lesson here. Every building and every house has a camera in 2022 and moving forward. And you're foolish to think that you're not under constant surveillance everywhere you go. So be yourself, have integrity, don't do dumb things, and you'll be fine. And maybe you'll get some nice music played for you too. And now, a word from our sponsor. Does your company clean any buildings with 10 or more trash cans to empty? Would you like to speed up the process if you do? The Smart Cleaning School highly recommends the Tea Bag Company as the answer to these two questions. We have personally used the tea bag in our commercial cleaning company and find that this simple tool cuts off five minutes per hour of trash removal. Now, this may seem insignificant, but a lot of a little adds up to a lot. In our company, a five-minute savings per week is worth $500 per customer per year. Not only do I endorse the product, but I completely endorse the person behind the product. Check out my interview with the Teabag Company founder entitled Respectful, Reliable, Responsible with Damon Washington. You can purchase any of the Teabag products at a 10% discount through the Smart Cleaning School Resources page. I have been habitually late my whole life. This is not new news if you've been a longtime Smart Cleaning School podcast listener. In fact, I blamed it on my mom in a past episode. Mom, it's your fault. <laughs> but let me first right or wrong. My mom declares that it was not her that was always late when I was a kid. Yes, our family was late for a lot of events. Okay, all of them. <laughs> But my mom has edited my blame from her to her husband, my stepfather, Paul. Sorry, Dad. You're the culprit of lateness. I was influenced by this as a kid and carried lateness into adulthood. It wasn't until recently when a few pivotal times that I learned some things that would change my life. One is from the Royal Rangers ministry that I'm very invested in with my sons. I have been to leadership training camps with the Rangers, and I hear this from the beginning to the end. Five minutes early is on time and on time is late. Five minutes early is on time and on time is late. It is a popular leadership quote. That one affected me for sure. I need to be the guy that's on time and early. How's that work? Yes. Show up five minutes early. Show up five minutes early. Start doing that. That makes sense. I want to be a good example for the boys and Royal Rangers and I want to be a good example for my son's the others from my pop-up, I shared in He Built You a Clock how my pop-up showed me all throughout his life that being on time was important to him. It showed others that you value their time, that you respect their time. It's important. I learned this on the weekends growing up, but I also learned lateness during the week when I was around my mom and stepdad. And here I am at the age of 45. 
I can say that I finally get it. I don't want to be late anymore. I want to show people that I value them by being there on time. In fact, I want to be five minutes early to be on time. Does this relate? Maybe you're not habitually late like me, but there might be other areas where you are not using a buffer. Let's talk about it. How do you change? It seems so silly to ask, but let's break this down. You and I have been so programmed to leave the house at the exact time that you need to get to the destination on time. In many cases, we leave a few minutes later and believe we can make it up with going faster. We leave no margin for traffic, for forgetting something important at the house, for anything that could go wrong, and it will. In fact, we try a sort of inverse margin by leaving late and trying to miraculously make up the time. This margin is called a buffer. I want you to hear some notes from one of my favorite books called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. This comes from an article from mentalpivot.com. This is chapter 15, Buffer, the Unfair Advantage, the notes from Essentialism from mentalpivot.com. A buffer can be defined literally as something that prevents two things from coming into contact and harming each other. Buffers are effective strategies for dealing with the unknown and circumstances beyond our control. The essentialist looks ahead. She plans. She prepares for different contingencies. She expects the unexpected. She creates a buffer to prepare for the unforeseen, thus giving herself some wiggle room when things come up as they inevitably do. Extreme preparation versus ideal circumstances as illustrated in the story of Roald Amundsen and Robert Falcon Scott in the race to the South Pole. Amundsen built slack and buffers into his plan with food supply caches, redundant supplies, and frequent trail markers. Scott's planned for the best-case scenario, and once external circumstances upended Scott's plan, his team paid the ultimate price. As a rule of thumb, double your time estimates. That's what I'm going to read twice. As a rule of thumb, double your time estimates. The planning fallacy. Human tendency to underestimate how long a task will take, even if they're familiar with the task and have done it before. Questions to ask when building buffers for personal projects. One, what risks do you face on the project? Number two, what is the worst case scenario? Number three, what would the social effects of this be? Number four, what would the financial impact of this be? Number five, how can you invest to reduce risks or strengthen financial or social resilience? There you go. Those are the notes from mentalpivot.com on chapter 15, Buffer the Unfair Advantage. A buffer is planned margin. You all know what a buffer is if you have a driver's license. When you're on the highway, do you leave a safe distance between you and the car in front of you? Most of you would say yes. And then there's the some of you that live in the Philly area near me and drive on the Skoo Kill Expressway. I emphasized kill, the Skoo Kill Expressway. You have never heard of that before as cars are just feet apart. And if there's a tap on the brake, that person in back is going to be in the back seat of the car in front of them. 
I am I'm not kidding actually about this. I learned at 16 years old how to drive on the Schuylkill Expressway. And it's noted as one of the most dangerous roads in the Philly area and probably nationwide. There is no buffer on the Schuylkill. Safe drivers add space and plenty of it between their vehicle and the car head. In case there is a tap on the brake or a slam on the brake or something that comes up, you have time to maneuver, time to get out of the way, time to avoid the accident. This is smart. This is a buffer. When I have a breakfast meeting at 7.30 a.m., what time do I get there now? Well, it used to be 7.35, 7.40, 7.45 and text them, Hey, I'm, I'm on my way. Hey, I'm just five minutes late. And then I show up eight minutes late. I'm on my way. I'll be there in five to 10 minutes. And then I'm 15 minutes late. I'm not respecting their time. I'm not showing them value. I'm not showing that I actually care about them. I'm showing them disrespect. And they're like, oh, no worries. It's fine. I got a table. And it's fine. They said it's fine. But am I really valuing them? Is it really fine? No. So now I get there at 725 because early is on time. Remember that? Do I hit this every time? No, not yet, but I'm working on it big time. How do I get there? Okay, let's go through this. It's simple. I figure out how long the drive takes and then I add 50%. So if the drive is normally 15 minutes, I'll allot 23 now. Yeah, just come with me on the math. What if it's winter and the windshield is icy or I need to warm up the car? I better add 10 more minutes. I'll also add 15 more minutes to take a shower and get ready than I think I need. I would normally estimate 30 minutes for getting ready. I'm at one hour and 10 minutes already so far. Lastly, I do struggle a bit with the snooze button, which is seven minutes for me. So I'll add two snoozes of buffer. My total buffered time is now one hour and 30 minutes. My original plan for the morning was 45 minutes. If I want to make this breakfast on time, which is at 7.25, I need to set my alarm for 5.55 a.m., not 6.45, rolling out of bed, getting a quick shower, and leaving and getting there on time. Give me a break. This is why I've been perpetually late. And notice something. I needed one and a half hours of buffer when I thought I needed 45 minutes of actual time. That is twice the amount of time, just like the rule of thumb from essentialism. Double your time estimates. Here's what's amazing. I have now done this a few times. Yes, a few. I'm still winning in this area. With my alarm at 5.55 a.m., and wouldn't you know it, I showed up to breakfast at 7.25. How in the world does that happen? It's a 45 minutes getting ready time. How does it take me an hour and a half, the full time? How did I consume my entire buffered time? Is that magic or something? No, that's called Parkinson's law for sure. But I used it and I'm glad I did. It's fine because I had peace of mind when I was getting ready. I was not stressed and I made it on time. I just had to get up a little bit earlier. It's so eye-opening to see this planned out because for years, I swore that I didn't need an hour and a half to get ready. That's why I was always late. Like I said, I would leave myself just enough time for not enough. This would stress me out in the morning and put me in a rush. I gave away my peace because of poor planning. I don't want that anymore. It's a 45-minute decision on my alarm clock and probably getting to bed a little earlier and I'll have my peace back that next day. Plus, I'll show respect to those I'm meeting. This is why so many new cleaning company owners struggle too. 
watch where I take this, they don't know how to estimate time. So they do one of two things. Number one, they underestimate and they get stuck. They choose to charge by the job because they know it's more profitable long term, but they still underestimate the job. They think the house will take five hours to deep clean and it takes nine. This means they lose a lot of money and get frustrated. Then they get scared to price on their own, so they go to the Facebook groups for cleaners. Can you help me price this 2,500 square foot house? I'll share the details. Here they are. What should I charge for this? Here's an office. It's 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 square feet. I'm not sure. It's got like nine bathrooms and three break rooms, and it's got 20 offices. What should I charge for it? Come on, there's no rational experienced cleaner that can possibly help you price this job, new person. Sorry, we need to see it too. Or if we have an algorithm that we do quoting, yes, we could use some of our fancy tools that we've learned from paying the price to learn how to estimate ourselves so that we can price that out. Plus, areas are different. We don't know what price to tell you. And if we tell you a price, I don't think it's a wise thing for us to do because we don't want to give you bad answers. Yes, there's generalities. That's a whole other topic. But I will say this. Most experienced cleaners get really irritated by this question because it is the most asked of the groups along with, what do I clean this with? Like, I'm not trying to pick fun or irritate you by the way I'm saying this, but this is how it's perceived within the groups of, there's thousands of us that are in these cleaning groups. We want to help each other. But we need to get past this basic question of how do I estimate? So I'm going to teach you something very important right now. Are you listening? Let's keep going. Do you know that for me, I didn't have Facebook groups or a forum to go to? I had to, along with many other veteran cleaning companies, I had to figure out how to do this. I had to figure out how to price and it came with a lot of pain and a lot of losing of money and a lot of losing of time. I learned from my mistakes and I figured out how long a bathroom in a kitchen and a break room or an office or vacuuming or mopping or whatever in a house or an office. I learned how long everything took. I learned different conditions that make things take longer. Like in house cleaning, if there's animals or if there's a lot of people that are in an office there's so many factors. You learn these things as you go. We have learned to estimate from the pain. We learned to all add extra time into the estimate, the buffer. The newbies that just keep asking and asking and asking, because I've seen the same person ask the same question six, seven times. They're not learning for themselves. So every time we try to give them a price, we actually weaken them. And here's another thing. Prices are different for each demographic, but times are not different. Times are not different. You need to know your times to price by the job. Okay, the second thing that happens when you don't know how to estimate time. The first, as I said, was they underestimate and they get stuck. And number two, they use hourly pricing and they lose out. Those that get too scared of underestimating, make the switch to pricing by the hour. This takes estimating out as you get paid for the time you actually work. I have covered this topic in detail on this podcast and in one of my ISO model course modules called Price to Win. This is a safe path for sure. 
you will always get paid exactly what you clean. But there is zero incentive to go faster as you will make less money. Well, how's that work? I can go clean another house. Yes, you could clean another house, but you're only going to make money for the hours that you clean. So you clean two houses or three houses in eight hours. You're still going to make eight hours of money, but you made one person happier for sure because you cleaned an extra house. So that's kind of a win-lose. It's a lose for you, a win for the customer. And what about the other side of things? If you go slower, that's a win for you. You make more money at a house, but it's a lose for the customer. So what happens is now the customer is watching you like a hawk. Let's see how fast they go. They took three hours this time. Hey, they took three and a half hours this time. I got to pay them more for the same job. And so it's tension that's created when you use the hourly model. Does it work? Yes. A lot of companies use it. I'm not going to say it's wrong. It's just a different pricing model. I don't like it. I don't use it. I want to be able to optimize how fast a job can get done for the people that want to make more money per hour. That is the ISO model. It hinges on by the job, not by the hour. So when you're new and you don't know how to estimate, you fall into one of those two categories. You either underestimate and you get stuck, frustrated, scared, maybe quit, or you just ask a ton of questions in Facebook groups until you find an answer. Or the other thing you'll do is you'll just say, forget this. You'll switch to hourly pricing and you'll lose out. To me, those are two lose-lose scenarios. I would like to add an option three. Why don't you go get a buffer? Learn how to estimate. Yes, you will get good. You will learn all the tips and tricks. You will suffer. You'll get through some pain. You'll talk to some other cleaning company owners and you'll learn from them things like, okay, well, how long does dog hair add? Or how long does an extra 20 employees in a building add? Or how long does it take if there's slate flooring versus hardwood flooring versus carpeting versus you name it? There's so many variables. You learn as you go. In the beginning, take your best shot on how long you think it'll take. You look at that five-hour house that you planned. Okay, I'm gonna th- I think this is five hours. And you say, wait a minute, I'm going to double that. I can't possibly double it. That's crazy. I won't get the job. You double it to 10 hours. Huh. You're not charging a ton. You're probably charging just as a reference point. Maybe you're charging $35 an hour or $40 per hour. So now you're charging that for 10 hours of work. That's $300 to $400 for a one-time deep clean. That is not unreasonable. Trust me. And then you get it done in nine hours instead of 10. You made out and you need to track your times as you clean offices or houses. Track individual pieces of each house, individual pieces and segments of each office. I'll give you a hot tip here. For an office, I break it down into each bathroom, trash, each break room. What about square feet of vacuuming and mopping? How about number of employees or offices or trash cans? And what about in a house? How many bathrooms? How about kitchen size? What about the number of rooms in the house? How about the types of flooring? These are different things you can add into your estimate. And if you come up with a number that is, okay, this house is going to be on a recurring basis every two weeks, I think it's going to be 
an hour and 45 minutes. No, it's not. Trust me, it's not going to take that long. It's going to take you double that, which would be three and a half hours. What if you come on the other side? What if you don't know how to estimate and you're way high? You think, I think this house is going to be seven hours. In that case, no, it's not. You charge for seven hours, you're never going to get those jobs. So if you're getting a lot of no's on your estimates turning into actual jobs, maybe because you're overestimating like crazy. Yes, from there, call me. I do free coaching. You can, you can book a call on my website. Go in the Facebook groups and you can ask them questions. How long does it take in your opinion versus how much should I charge? That's the problem. Stop asking how much should I charge. Ask how long should it take. And as you're new, add a big buffer. Double it. Great. Add 50% buffer. Add a buffer. That's the point. And you will take this option three and you'll learn and you'll figure out how to get accurate with your pricing. So let's all learn to add buffers into our lives and businesses. The buffer will give us our peace back and help us become more profitable in our cleaning companies. Okay, that was super fun and it was definitely my big give back to the online forums and Facebook groups. So all you Facebook group administrators out there, here you go. This is the one you wanna share with everyone to get rid of all of the how much should I charge posts. My recommendation for everyone is to go read the book by Greg McEwen, Essentialism. It is fantastic. It will teach you some great mindset on so many topics. And also check out my interview on the Smart Cleaning School with the Teabag Company founder entitled Respectful, Reliable, Responsible with Damon Washington. You can purchase any of his teabag products at a 10% discount through smartcleaningschool.com backslash resources. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.